it's Friday, almost the end of the week, and what a week. Yes, we were all flies on the debt ceiling watching this one. This is Peter Bergman. You're listening to Radio Free Oz in the midst of all the hugger-mugger. Oh, what's going on in Washington and Wall Street and Syria and Libya? Let me tell you, if you ever thought that the world was ruled by the wise and the wisdom-laced, then... Everything you know is wrong. I keep referring to my favorite coffee house as sort of a forum of public opinion. Slightly over 45, liberal, living near the water public opinion, but I do the best I can. Well, it seems their unhappiness is reflective of the entire nation. Ron Brownstein says... A towering wave of alienation presages more volatility for a political system that has seen the public turn from Republicans in 2004 towards the Democrats in 2006 and 2008, only to snap back towards the GOP with near record force in 2010. Now, on several key measures, the public's assessment of Congress is even more bleak than it was at this point in the last election cycle. You bet. Even as Obama's ratings have fallen to some of the lowest levels of his presidency, particularly among independents. Some of them, of course, are independent of critical thinking. With each party hemorrhaging public support amid political polarization and economic stagnation, the implications for 2012 are complex and unpredictable. American history lacks a true example of an election in which voters turned out large numbers of incumbents from both parties, but to some observers, that no longer seems impossible amid the declining support for both Obama and congressional Republicans. So, so, the fact is that there actually is more anger being pointed at the Congress and specifically at the Republicans than at Obama. And his people suffer what's going to be going down for the next year because we're looking at toxic gridlock. And hopefully, under the leadership of the Joan of Arc of California, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats will literally draw a line in the concrete and write in with their fingers, enough is enough, mofos. Well, the Republicans did take a hit. Uh, House Speaker John Boehner boasted this week that he got 98% of what he wanted out of the debt and deficit negotiations with the White House and Senate Democrats. I guess the other 2% he didn't get is a special, always-reserved golden seat at happy hour in Georgetown. But Boehner's apparent victory may be a Pyrrhic one. 57% of Americans disapprove of the way Boehner is handling his job, according to a New York Times-CBS News survey released last night. The Speaker's disapproval rating is up, get this, 16 points since mid-April and is 10 points higher than the 47% who said they disapprove of how President Obama is handling his job. So the way it really comes down is that people are judging the Republican Party not by anything except what Boehner is doing because the rest of them are even crazier. A plurality of respondents said the Tea Party has too much influence in the Republican Party. Ya think? That was 43%. And 41%, I don't even want to meet these people, even in broad daylight, think the movement has too little or just the right amount of influence. It's kind of like Goldilocks. Just the right temperature of the porridge and just the right size of the electric chair. Congressional Democrats earned a 66% disapproval rating in the survey, lower than Congressional Republicans' 72%. <laughs> That's good. 
Congressional Democrats earned a 66% disapproval rating in the survey, lower than Congressional Republican 72% rating, but up eight points from a survey taken in mid-July. So they hate the Democrats, but less than they used to. For Congress overall, just 14% of respondents said they approve its performance, an all-time low in the New York Times CBS News finding to date. Okay, so Obama's approval ratings are at 48%. Pretty good when you consider we're in total chaos. 47% said they tr trust Obama more to handle the economy. And what could be seen as good news for the White House, hey, they are hungry. They are on their hands and knees lapping a dry bowl of good news. Hey, <laughs> any good news in a perfect storm. Well, if you aren't one of them standard deviants, that was a lot of statistics. You know, I've, I've asked you all to get up there on the site and push the green button and support Radio Free Oz to keep us on the air. You're doing okay, but there's not enough green coming in, so unfortunately, we're going to have to take sponsors to fill the bill. And here's our first. Hello, this is Beaver Forskin, president of the Club for Unnatural Growths. We believe that every member of the club has the unalienable right to keep what they steal. But what about all you sub-billionaires? Just because God has turned his face from you doesn't mean you can't go home and drown your shrunken aspirations in the bathtub. The Club for Unnatural Growths is a proud puppet of Double Cross America, the super PAC where every anonymous buck is worth a hundred common sense. See what you get when you don't dig down deep, darlings? Well, now I'm going to turn to Paul Krugman, one of my favorites. Here's his op-ed called The Wrong Worries. In case you had any doubts, Thursday's more than 500-point plunge in the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the drop in interest rates to near-record lows confirmed it. The recovery isn't recovering, and Washington has been worrying about the wrong things. By the way, interest rates on T-bills today, at least briefly, went into the negative, so people are willing to pay a little premium just to be in something they think has some sort of security. I go back to Paul. It's not just the threat of a double-dip recession has become very real. It's now impossible to deny the obvious, which is that we are not now and have never been on the road to recovery. Well, I thought we were on the path to prosperity. Look, it's a plank. That's the ocean. Those are the sharks. Yes, officially the recession ended two years ago when the economy did indeed pull out of a terrifying tailspin. But at no point has growth looked remotely adequate given the depth of the initial plunge. In particular, when employment falls as much as it did from 2007 to 2009, you need a lot of growth to make up the lost ground. And that's just what hasn't happened. Consider one crucial measure, the ratio of employment to population. In June 2007, around 63% of adults were employed. In June 2009, the official end of the recession, the number was down to 594 and by June 11, two years into the alleged recovery, the number was 58.2. This may sound like dry statistics, does to me, but they reflect a terrible, terrible reality. 
Not only are vast numbers of Americans unemployed or underemployed for the first time since the Great Depression, many American workers are facing the prospect of very long-term, maybe permanent, unemployment. Among other things, the rise in long-term unemployment will reduce future government revenues, so we're not even acting sensibly in pure fiscal terms. But more important, it's a human catastrophe. And why should we be surprised at this catastrophe? Where was growth supposed to come from? Consumers still burdened by the debt that they ran up during the housing bubble aren't ready to spend. Businesses see no reason to expand given the lack of consumer demand. And thanks to the deficit obsession, government, which could and should be supporting the economy in this time of need, has been pulling back. Now it looks like it's about to get even worse. So what is the proper response? Of course, some players won't change. Republicans won't stop screaming about the deficit because they weren't sincere in the first place. Their deficit hawkery was a club on which to beat their political opponents, nothing more. Which became obvious when any rise in taxes on the rich was suggested, and they're not going to give up that club. Well, it's time for all this to stop. Those plunging interest rates and stock prices say the markets aren't worried about either U.S. solvency or inflation. They're worried about U.S. lack of growth. And they're right. The point is that it's now time, long past time, to get serious about the real crisis the economy faces. The Fed needs to stop making excuses, while the President needs to come up with real job creation proposals. And if Republicans block those proposals, he, Obama, needs to paste on a pair and make a Harry Truman-style campaign against the do-nothing GOP. You go get him, Paul! And now it's time for another of those necessary commercials. Crud Light, the beer that's watered down upstream where the fish don't swim and the sun don't shine. At the end of another long, long day of working down in the dumps, time to pick yourself up and take yourself home for another one-nighter with a six-pack of Crud Light. Party on, partner, until the crud runs out or your liver shuts down. Crud Light is a deniable byproduct of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Yeah, I know today's been trolling a lot of woe, and maybe I should just go down to my local liquor locker and pick up a couple of six-packs of Crud Light, or maybe some Bear Whiz, you know. <laughs> it's in the water. That's why it's yellow. Well, this has been Everything You Know Is Wrong for this weekend, or the last day of this week. You've got the weekend off. You have yourself a good time. And if ever you get uptight about all that's going down, just remember, it's no big deal, because everything you know is wrong.